It is Tuesday, April 14, 2020, and coming up is a breakup between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell in Utah imminent. Also, Brian Fallon joins the show for the Now That's What I Call Madness Volume 1 Championship Clash. That's right, we got Born the Run versus London Calling. You won't want to miss it. This is The Tune-Up. Welcome on into the show. My name is Danny Gallagher, and I'm joined by the snare campaign provocateur. He ain't a beauty, but hey, he's all right. It's Benny Horowitz. What's up, dude? Whoa! <laughs> I, had to, I had Listen, to for today. I mean, I know you got to stare at me at FaceTime, <laughs> but I did brush my hair today. Oh. Uh, I thought I was doing all right. <laughs> I don't know. A little disparaging. It's okay. I feel really good about myself. You should feel lucky for that. Uh it's gotta be it's gotta be something in the conditioner right the hair is looking luscious today see i got this is a little trick i could tell people i don't use shit in here you know what i'm saying (laughs) most of the time it's just water going in here it's like coming to america only natural fruits and bettys that's what comes in here let's talk about you trapped in the closet with your milwaukee bucks hat you're like r kelly i'll tell you what i'll tell you what this closet Every week that goes by becomes more highly coveted to get into. Do you want to hear the list of names that have been in in, in this closet? Drop them. Roy Wood Jr. Uh-huh. from The Daily Show. Chauncey Billups. Ethan Strauss. Amino uh-huh. Hassan. Everyone. Benny Horowitz. Uh, Chris Farron. Jared Hart. Everybody wants to get in this closet. I can't keep people out. It's funny, man. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, Benny. We normally warm up by... Uh, Letting the people know who we don't want to fuck up this week. But, you know, we're still in positive vibes only mode. So, Benny, what's the best thing that you saw this week? Well, since I've had uh, no human contact again, <laughs> and most of my things, best things I saw this week have been dealing with my observations of nature, which you've been uh, well making fun of me for. Good for you. <laughs> um <laughs> So this week, if I gave away my natural observations, I would give away where I'm staying, which we've determined is not what I'm going to do. No. I could be in San Diego right now. I could be in Mexico, South America, Belize. I don't even know where that is. <laughs> so I could be in you can rule that one out. Places. <laughs> so I can't give away my natural observation because then it would give away my location. So this week I went remote. The thing that I saw that made me feel the best I wish it was the NBA horse competition, but it wasn't. <laughs> Even myself had to turn that off after not very long. But a, uh, a young man in Cheltenham, England, for his 32nd birthday, ran a marathon in his backyard. Mm. He had a six-meter garden, a little thing, and he went back and forth for charity and raised almost 20,000 pounds for the NHS, putting it online and doing stuff like that. I love that someone just took a bored, nervous energy thing, put it on Twitter, and all of a sudden something good happened out of it. And he actually made good on it. After 4K, said his ankles were hurting a little from making the turns. Cause, uh, <laughs> but I, I appreciate something like that. And, and in a time when I think uh, social media can be construed as the devil, you know? And there are a lot of reasons to think that, especially since... This will definitely be the first opportunity for someone to witness and live through something on a global scale with a level of information that's never happened in time. Uh, 
so in the next like five, ten years, however long, there's going to be evaluation and over evaluation of social media's role to play and everything happening. I'd like to take a time out every once in a while to people like this and Rex Chapman and the gold <laughs> mines of Twitter who give us things that make us feel good and actually do things for good causes. So I'm giving it to homeboy in Cheltenham, England, running a marathon in his backyard. That made me feel good. You know, me and him actually have a lot in common, Benny. I don't know if you realize this. Is he part of the good-looking Illuminati, as you were referring to before? Oh, no, 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 no. no. Oh, okay. He, uh, you know, he raised 20 pounds. I've actually gained 20 pounds this week. So, you know, it, you know, everything balances out. But, mm-hmm. oh, Benny hated that joke. Moving on. The best thing I saw this week, you know, our boy John Krasinski's at it again with his Some News, uh, Some Good News network that he's been doing. It's been blowing up on Facebook, YouTube, all, all that stuff. And this week he was at it again in Boston, honoring members of the Beth Israel Medical COVID-19 team by having them throw out the first pitch of the 2020 Major League Baseball season at Fenway Park. Really warms your heart to see how much success uh, these COVID-19 teams are having. Probably the most success any Boston sports team is going to have this year. And had to get that in there. But it's it, it just nice to see people rallying around them and these heroes getting the support that they actually deserve. Absolutely, man. All right, Benny, first story here, and the one lone basketball talking point during this entire quarantine has been the rift between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Gobert famously mocked the coronavirus and then proceeded to infect fellow star Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell wasn't feeling too great about it. He went on GMA and said, you know, it took a while for him to cool off after the whole incident with Gobert. Gobert, this past weekend on IG Live with Taylor Rooks, said that, you know, the report has been overblown. Benny, there's been speculation all over that the two can't play together going forward. Do you think there's going to be some sort of move here coming up for Utah in the offseason? I mean, it's a, it's a way too early to speculate on what Utah's plans are moving forward, especially each guy being such a, a unique and singular talent, you know? Mm. Um, in, in the spirit of like a Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons or something like that, you know, there are unique cases where players wind up with each other and maybe the personalities don't work out, Hmm. but something happens on the court that you have to stick it through. And I kind of think from the outside, obviously this is what we're looking at right now because Mitchell's pretty pissed. Yeah. He's been outspoken about it. He's said a couple things even in the last month that have led me to believe like, yeah, maybe they talked, maybe they're cool, but maybe not that cool. And then Gobert made a statement, too. Uh, He didn't really show a lot of contrition, just, you know, kind of gave your basic run-of-the-mill shit, even though he was walking around touching microphones and apparently doing everything in his power to infect everyone in that Utah Jazz locker room, which is not cool, obviously. Um, And the last statements he made were saying that he was focused on a championship and that the two players were fine and focused on the championship which is the classic, (laughs) we don't talk to each other anymore, but we play together line, right? Yeah, exactly. We heard the same thing in Golden State at the end of last year, and we saw how that turned out. Exactly, exactly. And there are, sure, there are unique cases when that can work out, but sometimes when that works out, you need, like, some real stakes. You need some finals winning and Mm. stuff, you know? Uh, Shaq and Kobe being at each other's throat, but being so singularly good they're winning championships can you know, help you maybe erase some of those personal problems. Like I had 
read an article that said Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman never spoke to each other, like in a social context, once. They won three rings together. So obviously it's possible, and conflicting personalities can work together. Um, but it is pretty obvious at this point that that's where this is at. And, uh, yeah, and we'll see where it goes from there. Benny, I just want to play out this hypothetical just because it's fun and it's probably good pod fodder. But say I'm Rudy Gobert. I'm out here messing around, not taking the coronavirus seriously. You're my teammate. I don't think we're doing this podcast anymore, even if if it's (laughs) remotely. If I give you the coronavirus by some way, by me being lackadaisical and all that stuff. So that's kind of the the situation here. And I do think that there's going to be some sort of move here. Uh, I think that Utah's going to want to hold on to Donovan Mitchell. But I really see a team like like Chicago probably has the pieces to swoop in and make a deal for Gobert. They could probably give him Levine a first round pick, a couple other stuff. That's that that hasn't been reported or anything. That's just kind of how the math would work there, because uh, their salaries kind of balance out. So I think a Chicago could actually be a good place for Rudy Gobert to start over if this is the way that it has to go. But I I think that there is a bridge where these two could stick together. And maybe not be a championship team, but certainly be in the mix still. Yeah, sure. And listen, Denny, we're not going to have a podcast anymore if you don't do the next intro about how good looking I am. Okay. It was a Springsteen. This is still stinging me. I'm sitting here burnt. Don't like it. I like got my pants taken down. That is. <laughs> I. I was going to say this for the interview. I think that is the most disrespectful lyric of all time. There's been some diss tracks. Like, like Drake has never even put out a diss track that, that talks about someone like, you ain't a beauty, but hey, you all right? My gosh. And yet people love that song. Yet people love that song. And it's gotten through to our final here. Maybe that's how they're Listen, describing the podcast. I don't know. I mean, the fact that uh, I'll be watching you was a, a major hit. It's just <laughs> proof enough that you can say anything in a song. <laughs> I was even going to make an R. Kelly trapped in the closet reference. Okay. <laughs> that's given a little too much. That's four weeks in a row now for those who yeah, plan yeah. along at home. All right. We've reached about the halfway point of the podcast, which means it is time for our dollar slice take. I have a good friend named Patrick. He doesn't live in this country anymore, but he's a very interesting guy. And back in the day in New Brunswick, Patrick would wear animal costumes, you know, gorilla, monkey, something like that, full suit. I'm talking head and everything. And go to the grease trucks in New Brunswick at about 2.30 in the morning, filled with jocks and thugs and just the craziest place, and just got in the middle and started dancing in an animal suit. And, you know, I always thought, as a young kid, I'd always get nervous. I was like, ah, he's going to get his ass kicked. This isn't good. More often than not, it was met with just general confusion and (laughs) laughter. Some people were just so confused they left. So in the spirit of Patrick McWilliams, my good friend, also known as Chicken Fingers, (laughs) I think, you know, it's it's becoming clear, right, that uh, contact tracing seems to be one of the better steps to, to eliminating coronavirus or controlling it. Uh, So this is what you do. For every team out there doing contact tracing, you have four epidemiologists and one weirdo creep who goes to all the public spaces in town and does some sort of showing to just freak people out. 
and get everybody to go inside. So you have a public park that's a little busy. You have some weirdo go out there and do some weird shit. You got a beach that's a little too busy. Hey, someone takes their pants off and takes a stroll. But government mandated so they can't be arrested. I think you'll get a good, like, month out of this of people not really knowing what's going on. And I might even volunteer myself as, uh, as, as, um, I don't know, to be a patriot, a creepy patriot out there. What would your go-to move be? Well, I did have a theory for a long time that if I ever knew I was going to get my ass kicked, right? Yeah. Bunch, bunch of people, you know, it's going to happen. You just take it out and start masturbating. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I just always assumed no one's going to go anywhere near you after that. You know, I've still never been able to put this in practice. Luckily, my mouth usually gets me out of situations. Hey, but now. that might be my go-to. <laughs> Especially if it's government mandated and I can't be arrested. Government man- mandated masturbation. That's going yeah, in the title. I, I, I don't want to wind up on that, that Megan's Law map. I've seen that thing. All right, Benny. Well, speaking of, you know, how movie theater companies like AMC are facing bankruptcy and potential shutting of operation, it's time for a company like Netflix to buy AMC and the other movie theaters and just add another layer to their business and the whole structure. So what you have to do here, you know, you have one plan that's just a streaming. You have another one that's HD streaming and like six million different devices. And then you have, you know, your third tier where you pay 20 bucks. You get the three movies a month like the AMC Stubbs program has. You get the streaming all of that stuff so i I think that this can do a a lot of good it saves the movie theater business and gives netflix a non-inflated income that's not bad yeah and i mean netflix like talk about a monolith you know (laughs) they're about to be they're about to be fine (laughs) i almost bought stock in netflix early on yeah i did not oh man fuck that huh yeah give me a fad All right, guys, Brian Fallon is here, and you knew there was only one person to call when the fans voted a Born to Run versus London Calling final. Brian, what's up, dude? Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. How's the uh, Instagramming and, uh, like, the what's that like? Like, are you getting, like, tons of offers to, to do stuff, like, all the time? Well, you know, uh, yeah, like, which is crazy because uh, I came home and sort of thought, like, well, great. Now what? You know, yeah. I got a record coming out in a week. And and then, uh, like, it, it seemed like everybody adapted really quickly. And, and then I started getting, like, so many live streams to the point where, like, I almost couldn't keep up. Yeah. And I was, I was just like, well, this is cool. But, like, I also, at the same time, like, I don't want to, like, overstay my welcome. You know, I don't – it's this is new territory. You don't really know, right. like, how much – you know, like, you know, like you don't play New York City like five times in one year. So what do you, how many times do you play Instagram? Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's totally like uncharted territory. Nobody. Yeah. Knows. No yeah. radius clause, though. It's super great. Are you starting to like, are the, uh, it seems to me already that like the big dogs are starting to get their hands in it. Like, like, is this beyond like calling your friends to do something now? And now you're getting like proper booking agent channel kind of stuff for these live events no they do call like the like they do call rich like uh so sometimes like uh like vice asked for something and they they went through management they didn't come to me but like Corey brannon came to me and i just did his show and like that's fine 
And like most of the stuff on like the, the songwriter thing that I'm doing, like I, I, everybody that's on it right now, like I've reached out to directly unless like I didn't have a contact and then I was oh, like, okay, cool. you know, but it was all just like, yo, do you think you'd be able to, would you be down to do this? You know, like not really like a big, no booking agents or anything. Awesome. It's a brave new world, man. Do you like, <laughs> do you secretly kind of like, like it? Yeah, no, I love this. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah cuz you know that I <laughs> I I have trouble with social situations. Like I know that that's like hip to say now, but I'm like OG like yeah, not OG, like yeah, sure. Yeah, I was like down with not like being in public. Like I yeah. love people like through a screen. <laughs> so and now you have the ultimate like the ultimate out, you know, like you used to be able to like leave a party to have a cigarette or something. Yeah. And now you just feel like, oh, yo, internet. It's fritzy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Inter- internet's yeah. fritzy. I'm out of here. Yeah, my you know? dial up is all. It's all <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you, hey, you've got mail. Click. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to call you. Well, my bad. Oh. It's so funny. But yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll see what happens, right? Fuck well, it. I got to figure out a way to like, you know, actually. It maybe put food on the table with this. <laughs> yes, yes. Like somebody was telling me that the other day. Cause like I, I, I had this thing where like, you know, nobody's, nobody's working. So I was just like trying to figure out what, well, what do you, what, you know, this is cool right now, but like, what am I going to do in like, you know, the near future? Yeah. Cause like, there's not like, I think people are under the misconception that we, 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 we we missed the nineties, man. We don't have we don't have nineties money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. We don't even have two thousands money. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah. Brian, I was just saying to someone today how like I I've been doing shows since I was a little kid, so are you, playing a band since we were a little kid, so are you. Like how much of our life has been driven by putting bodies in rooms? Yeah. Like that was literally our like sole preoccupation for so long was like how many bodies can we put in rooms and just the fact that that context is so far away from where it used to be in literally like two months it's really wild well dude it's like the ultimate thing like everyone remember when we were like when we did like the major label thing we were like oh okay well you know if this goes wrong at least you know at least we could play shows but then like Spotify came around and like streaming came around and we were like, oh, okay, well, yeah, but whatever. At least we make our money on touring. We don't care what you take from us. Right. And then like, right. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden it was like, uh, so about that streaming. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's one of those great misconceptions that that's laughable is like, like every one of these major labels owns a chunk in Spotify and all these streaming services now. Like, so this misconception that the music industry was hit so hard and never recovered like bullshit. You guys recovered. Hmm. You're doing fine up top. Like, yeah. I didn't so, know that. So That's all so these weird. people who are, you know, nailing themselves to the proverbial cross here, uh, they're getting their bonuses again, <laughs> but we lost the total, we lost the revenue stream. They figured out a way to keep it. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's, well. total, it's total bullshit. Could Smarter you guys ever us. see a world where bands are doing like branded content? Like a lot of these like YouTubers, like we're all just YouTubers and influencers now like that or not really? I mean, probably <laughs> not for old bastards like us. <laughs> <but yeah. laughs> I don't know, man. Like I, I see people sort of like, I think that there's a chance for like a real like underground sort of like just if, if one, if one kid, you know, figures out how to do this thing online right now at home. Yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. gotta be one kid, man. It could be like a kid in like India or 
in like Massachusetts or wherever you want to say around the globe. Like if they figure out how to do this without a label and like sets it off and explodes the whole thing, then I think that that could be it. And these kids are smart these days, man. Really smart. It's true. I think maybe we should just get TikToks. Yeah, you get one song on TikTok, you're on the radio. It's crazy. <laughs> That's nuts. I don't even know. I don't have TikTok. I don't, I'm scared of it. Oh. Time is something that just, you know, TikTok, it's too close to time, and I'm 40, so, like, how much of it? I don't know. So, Fry, we had a lot of voting leading up to this point. Just to, to let you know, Born to Run did beat Sgt. Pepper, Lonely Hearts Club, by an 85 to 15 percent vote so i do think there's something at work here you know uh some of the audience of the tune-up are clearly gaslight fans who have you know gone on and outvoted the beatles by a large clip so 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 there's uh you know a little bit at work here but we we wound up with born to run versus london calling born to run took out rumors and London Calling took out Purple Rain to make it to the finals. Okay. Uh, now, where you at, man? What do you think? Whew. This is tough. Now, can I can I get the parameters here? Like, what what are we saying? Are we saying which is a which is a better album or which is more culturally? What what, do you, what what's the question? I've been it's going all, from the culturally relevant standpoint. Benny's been more going off uh, which one's the better album. So we've kind of had a nice little meet in the middle there. So whichever oh, way yeah, you want to go I, with it. I think it has to do with essentially lasting power. And you can take that via music, politics, culture, put it all together. And what not only leaves the largest imprint right now, but what do you see leaving a larger imprint moving forward from like this point? Well, you know, this is like a really strange question because I feel very conflicted about this because there's it's there's so much there's like like an iconot iconography is that the word that is a word yeah like in 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 the even the cover alone of london calling has got like sort of this like like anyone can see it and even though that wasn't an original cover like that was an elvis presley like a total ripoff of it Right, right 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 you know like i guess like this song it's really really difficult um, to sort of quantify that, like, how do you do that? I don't know. Like, I think that if you said, if you said to me, like, right now, like, how many people? I wish I had numbers right now. Like, how many people own London Calling? I got you? some actually. <laughs> okay, can you give me a reference? Yeah. yeah, can you give so, me? Can you give me so, sales figures? Yeah, even, uh, even on a baseline, you know, Born to Run sold six million copies in the U.S. alone. Okay. 300,000 in the UK. London Calling has sold 5 million worldwide. The only place that London Calling has sold more albums than Born to Run is the UK. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of this, you know, begs the question of like also where the Clash's legacy lives right now if Joe Strummer was alive and still making music because he was still making good music and the idea that he could have resurfaced in a very pivotal way in the last you know 15 20 years just like bruce has is kind of feasible too yeah well there's you know there's the funny thing like now i understand that so born to run sold six million copies and now all of us know that five million 
2.9 copies were sold in New Jersey. <laughs> so that is that's very good to know. Uh, it's comforting. Just give it um, given away with samples of Tide in the mail. Yeah, they, well, I think the, they were giving them away in the in the in the hospital. Really, they were just tucking them in with the diapers. So, you know, making sure kids grew up wholesome. I'm gonna say. Okay, so like this is gonna make everybody's gonna be like, why am I doing this? I shouldn't even be on this. <laughs> Hold thing on, do you want me to I ask did... you a few setup questions before you give your final answer? Yeah, hit me, hit right. me, give me, give me some grace. Like, cool. it's, it's Easter time. <laughs> it was just Passover. Whatever you celebrate, it's all about grace. You know, angel of death passing over the house, Jesus rising from the dead. I feel like it's a time of grace. You know uh, what I mean? So, just so whatever of, you like, yeah. you know, whether you like it, give it to me. Give me the grace. I need it. Awesome. All right. I'm so a sinner. Heal let's me. talk about these two records. I want to know okay. about your relationship to them when you were in like your teens and early 20s versus now. Okay. So, well, for early early days uh i didn't i didn't know i had i had born to run before i had uh london calling so that was not a thing but i didn't um you know i didn't i didn't really fully get into the meat of london calling i'm probably until later in my 20s mm. so i knew london calling the song i knew the hits but um i don't know that, that's a tough thing i think that you know, the early days were, were definitely born to run. That was that was my, you know, introduction to pretty much mostly everything. You know, both of these records are very much kind of a uh, a response to a rejection of a late seventies uh, of like the working class. What do you think that these two records have in common, and how do you think that that they're different? Because I very much think that they're similar in like kind of structure. Yeah, I mean, well, they're both uh, they're both borderline theatrical mm, uh, yeah. but there's also this there's there's a tension that runs through both of them that reflect accurately the times in the world that they're living in and there's a there's there's definitely a desperation in them both yes yeah so it is tense it mm. is a tent both are tense uh, i was gonna say so one thing that our friend uh our mutual friend jared hart who visited the program a couple weeks back don not familiar don't know don't know he's uh, <laughs> okay Give me uh, Jared Hart. You said Jared Hart. Jared Hart. Hello, Jared. Yeah. Hello, Jerry. Jerry, are you in there? Don't worry, he's probably not listening. Um, I love him. But we made the point that you know, as you know, London Calling made a very poignant political statement at the time. There, you know, uh, really spoke to the UK experience and what was happening at that time. And when you talk about like a long lasting scope, are there times like you could go back to London Calling and be like, okay, I'm not that mad about late 70s British politics, but maybe Bruce Springsteen offers like a little more of like a, a wide ranging, more of like um, it welcomes more people the way he maybe presented the struggle. You think there's truth to that? Uh, it, possibly. I don't necessarily feel that London Calling was a particularly, uh, what I'm going to say that I don't think it was a particularly British record in the sense where like a Blur's Park Life was a completely British record. Right, 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 right. So I do think it was more global than that. That's um, true. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm starting to think about like the lasting effects here of like what, 
you know, without if you remove one of them from the canon of time, what happens to the world? Right. And the thing that I think is if you remove London Calling, you still there's a lot of things that still happen. Right. But I don't know. Here, here's what I would say is if you remove born to run, then that means Bruce doesn't happen. And if Bruce doesn't happen, yes, I don't know because Bruce, remember, you got to remember this, that like during that time, like Bruce was being, he was going to be dropped off the label. If it wasn't, if he didn't release born to run and it wasn't a massive, massive success, he was going to be, in that's it he was gone bruce springsteen ex- does not exist anymore yeah 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 sure and if bruce doesn't exist then i'm not sure that a wider range of artists don't exist and i i also think that at at one point i think that at the time it came out like london calling was a definite reaction against like you know the culture and disco and that kind yeah. of thing. But I don't hear, I'm going to say, now this is a hot take for you. <laughs> I don't think that London Calling would have come out if Bruce Springsteen didn't, and I'm going to back this up. If Bruce Springsteen didn't have Born to Run, London Calling, I don't think would have come out because huh. here's a fun fact Joe Strummer was in the audience when Bruce Springsteen first played. London for the first time wow. in 1975. Now check this out. Here we go. I'm gonna hit you with something crazy. Love this. So, why I called you, Brad. That's why I called thank, you. I appreciate it. Well, I'm all my nerdness is paying off now. So all those articles where they were trying to bust my chops for liking the guy, and now I'm paying you back. <laughs> Show enough first dragon stuff right here. Okay. So here's what happened. So Joe Strummer was in the audience um, in in November of 1975 at the Hammersmith uh, Apollo at the time, Hammersmith Odeon it was called then, and and Bruce played his very first show in London. It was a back to back set which they've made a DVD in the 30th anniversary of the Born to Run box set. Um, now also in this audience, you can hear him uh, at the intro of the song "It's Hard to Be a Saint in the City." He goes, "This one's for Pete." He's ah. talking about Pete Townsend. Also. In the audience was Peter Gabriel, currently in the band Genesis. And yeah. he literally made the decision. Him and Joe Strummer, they were like, Joe Strummer said, I'm playing a Telecaster after he saw that show. Wow. And Peter Gabriel said, I'm leaving Genesis. I'm going to be a solo artist. So all of that music would not yeah. have happened had that show not happened. I'm saying Born to Run. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, New I- Jersey, I love you. <laughs> Come on. Right, you, just, you just talked yourself out of trouble. Look at this. <laughs> In real time, that's unbelievable. I don't know where that came from. You I'm going to be honest him. with you. I didn't see that oh, coming. Man, you convinced yourself. That was wow. Oh, my gosh. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm not trying to pat myself up. I felt like that wasn't me talking. Listen, that's classic, classic Bry foul right there. Sometimes, sometimes you just gotta let the guy go, and he you gets get to the, the right place. You know, I work best under the squeeze. Oh, that's unbelievable! Oh. Gotta let him loose, man. <laughs> I, you know, because I, I was, I was scared for a second. I was like, <laughs> I how am I it. gonna do this? Because like, <laughs> I go, which one? Like, I can't decide. Like, which one's a better record? It's like I'm, like, I'm gonna like make half the world angry at me, and I don't need that right now. I got kids yeah. to feed. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, Brian, 
That was great. Thanks for doing that, man. You you saved yourself a world of hurt. Sure. I'd just like to thank Powerade. <laughs> Red Blue. I, I got to say, every time, I prefer the I prefer the Easter Jesus better, okay? Yeah. Front row of the Leonard Skinner concert. Woo! Benny, who's your pick? I don't even know what to do with my hands. <laughs> Benny, what's your pick, though? No, I'm, I'm going with you for the same exact reason. I, I, I do, I love, it's one of those things. It's like, and you know me, you've shared a van with me, so you know, like, nine out of ten times if I was given the option, I'm probably listening to London Calling. Sure. But, uh, for all the reasons you said, the scope of it, uh, the things that trickled off behind it, I think if these things are AB'd, you got to go born the run. Wow. We did this. I think we did good work. We did. The, I mean, we did. The, we did the Lord's work. The spirit of sure. New Jersey came right through my phone and convinced the world that wow. Born the Run should win this competition. Do you feel like you achieved the grace you were looking for? I feel like, yeah, man. Like I feel like Governor Murphy's gonna call me. You might. <laughs> you might. I might. I might have just got myself in a parade or something. Well, the new All record right. is "Local Honey." He is Brian Fallon. Brian, thank you so much, man. That was incredible. No, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate this. <laughs> thanks, bud. Love you. Talk to you soon. Love you. Be good. <laughs> All right. Plenty of ways to get in contact with the show. You can email us at thetuneuppodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us and vote for our championship, London Calling, Born to Run. It's at thetuneuphq on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to vote. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. He is at Benny Horowitz1, number one in your minds, number one in your hearts, number one on Twitter. I am at Denny underscore Gallagher. Benny, anything else? Yeah, everyone, do me a favor and tweet Denny this week. Your best regards. He's wearing his Bucks hat in the closet because he knows Giannis won't be back next week. Oh, Jesus Christ. Poor kid. The <laughs> poor kid. But besides from that, everyone be good to each other. Everybody love everybody. Big thanks to Brian Fallon for coming on the program. This has been The Tune-Up. <laughs>